What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves and Golden Gold Press. I'm Mike. With me is Kevin Josh. Hounds got a win. Steel City got a win. U.S. Women's National Team got two wins. Everybody got wins! I think that's a great question. Now we got to get into the nitty gritty. There it is. <laughs> All of the wins. We had to do the victory beverage right off the bat. Especially since we're going to start with the loss. Guys, the Hounds lost to Columbus <laughs> on Tuesday 1-0. Um, they're out of the up- Open Cup. Do we care? I mean, I-, I think going into this game we cared. And I think immediately after we cared. But in hindsight, Josh, I- it was on your birthday. They lost. Do you care now? And um, I mean the fact that you know the the fact that we got a five zero win the next well not even the next week just the, that uh, following weekend really does help ease the pain and also I think in the way the season's going it might be for the best especially since you know the bitter taste in her mouth with the not being able to host the Open Cup and it is a fifty fifty chance we would have hosted it after that so <laughs> whatever I, I I would rather take that five zero win than an Open Cup win any day. I concur. Kevin, do you care? Yeah, I mean, I, I care. I, I almost said, that. Kevin, do you cur? Like, the- <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> Keep that for later. Yeah, um, yeah no. I, yeah, I, I care in the sense that I think the the Open Cup can provide... It, when, you're, when you're not clear fit favorites for winning things in the league, the Open Cup can, can provide kind of big momentous moments in the season that... You know, is creates memories and good feelings, all about why we want to be fans in the first place. And I think you know the Open Cup can deliver that in a way that the league can't, especially if you're not like you know a bookies on favorite to to win win the USL or whatever. Um, so I, I care in the sense that yeah, the Open Cup can provide those memories. At the same time, I understand it was very unlikely for us to get past this round, um, and and get another home berth and all that kind of stuff. Um, so a little, a little kind of sad that we went out, but I mean, yeah, it, all, all of that is forgiven after, uh, the one in Atlanta for sure. I think after the game, I was slightly more depressed than I am a few days later. I think there were things that we had talked about going into this game, how the Hounds had nothing to lose. And it seemed like Columbus had a number of players that were out either on international duty or injured. And so there was an opportunity here for the Hounds to sort of step up and show, you know, that they, they could take on basically an MLS B team which is weird to say because they play a lot of MLS two teams but this was not technically a two team it's a B team um regardless uh, there were moments of frustration still where it just felt like the team was never going to score um when we desperately needed to keep possession we couldn't keep possession and it was hard to tell how much I feel like that was always going to happen in this game right like when we're down to the line and we're trying to get a late goal and we're making passes to Columbus, like with nobody else around, that's frustrating. Like you got to be better than that. And, and I don't think that's a case of Columbus being great. I think that's a, that's it. That's indicative of what we had seen to that point. I, I think that was also a case of, I don't have the stats in front of me, but we had to have had less than, 30 percent possession in that game i mean it, I, columbus controlled the heck out of that game and made us run so i mean by the end of the game i mean you see this happen a lot any any team that is dominant in possession and you make the other team run around and run your legs off I, i'm not shocked we were tired by the end of it but yeah, i mean we we got we got fun ragging in that game it wasn't even it wasn't even close i was pretty surprised by the one zero i mean scoreline there it it, it could have been a lot worse <laughs> uh the fact that we we got out of there just by letting in one goal i mean that's not too shabby and while columbus does have a lot of people out on in- injury and uh international duty it they played a lot of their starters it didn't feel like it was like completely the b like you know they they had the, the major ones in there that they have available right now obviously Iguain is out but yeah so Sanchez, uh, he was in, uh, but anyway, my point is we could have gotten a lot worse in the fact that we weren't as bad as I thought we were going to be. <laughs> let me, Made me feel a little bit better. Let me ask you guys this. Do you think this was 
a good experience for the players? Do you think them walking away from this game, you know, they they can like learn something from it, or do you think that it was like, yeah, do you, do you think they were excited by it? Do you think it was a positive experience for them? Uh, uh, I'm gonna say no. Like putting myself in the in the position of the players, I think if they would have came away with a win, or if they had more opportunities where they felt like they went toe to toe with them which I don't feel like they necessarily did, or they might even say that they necessarily did, then I think that there's more of that boost that you're like, okay, this is great. But, it, and again, I think it was it would be a completely different story if Columbus came to us and we lost one nothing because I think even at that, it's like, okay, well, we hosted, there was a big crowd turnout, this was fun. Like, to travel to Columbus, to play in front of nobody, and to lose one nothing isn't fun. And now you're out of the Open Cup tournament. So I think... Part of it could just be like, you know, Josh, you sort of saying them turning the page and being like, okay, great. Now we can focus on the league and like we don't have to worry about this anymore. Um, I think it it sort of almost felt like a, a a disappointing, for some reason, like just a picture of a balloon with all the air being let out came to mind where it was like, it is what it is. The air's all gone. Now we move on to something else. I don't know. I feel like, you know, they got to play in front of uh mls eyes as far as coaching staff and that kind of stuff uh caleb porter it's that is kind of a big deal to professional players because you never know what they're gonna see or what they're gonna take out of that so i i feel like that is a pretty big deal to players uh even though they didn't you know get a david and goliath story it's still not terrible situation I will say Kenny Forbes played out of his mind for portions oh, of it. Yeah. He looked like the best player on the field for portions of that game. So if the crew come through and snatch up Kenny Forbes next season, I'm going to be slightly upset about it. Like, I'll be happy for Kenny, but, like, uh, yeah. Um, Kev, you missed it. How, how old is Kennard Forbes? I'm trying to look this up right now. He's getting into the twilight of his career, if I had to guess, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, he's not trying to make an MLS run anytime yeah. soon. He's 31. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't think um, but still, that's pretty cool yeah. kev you mentioned going into the game that if lily went with a soft lineup you'd be thinking hashtag lily out um kyle morton and goal uh you know kasai's in there mark forrest is in there what were your thoughts when you first saw the lineup yeah but it, it pretty much stops there um yeah. you know the, the the names that you mentioned and i think it, it was i expected this kind of approach i mean I, I, I think, yeah, I'd be upset if, if you were only able to name three names that were, like, starters. Then I, I think then I'd be upset. But the fact that we're naming three names of players that are kind of on the fringe, and even Kyle Morton is, I mean, hard to say he's on the fringe. So, no, I, there, was, there was enough of our good players, potentially enough of even arguably, our, you know, our, our best players, you know, the, the Greenspans, the Forbes. I mean, like you guys already mentioned Forbes. Uh, so... There was enough of that where no, it was it was a reasonable lineup given the situation. Fair enough. So that's it. Hounds are out of the Open Cup. Some would say for the good, um, especially since they didn't get the host. I'd say for the good. Moving on, we 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 kind of can't not talk about this, guys, just because everybody's talking about it. The U.S. Women's National Team had two games since we last talked. They spanked Thailand 13-0. And all of the talk was about, oh, should they still be celebrating after the 13th goal? <laughs> should they be scoring 13 goals? Alexi Lawless goes on and says, you know, they're painting themselves as the villains. And then said it was great at the same time. And it's like, what's your take on this, Josh? Are you are you happy with the celebrations? Are you happy with the 13 nothing? I feel like how are we focusing on celebrations when they just got 13 goals? Like that should be like amazing. People should be talking about like how the heck did they get 13 goals? How the heck are they so much better than these other teams in the World Cup? And that that should be the focus, but instead we're talking about celebrations. I don't get it. I don't think it's a big deal and I think it's kind of a spectacular thing they did, but also maybe a 
a bigger jumping off point on the conversation about how well these other teams in other countries are getting funded and getting trained and, uh, you know, the respect of the game for the women's league uh, other countries have and America has uh, as far as developing these players. So that could have been a great conversation, but instead all the pundits out there were talking about the celebrating and I just don't get it. Yeah. Kev, what's your take? Yeah, how dare they enjoy scoring a goal <laughs> in the in the World Cup? How dare they enjoy the 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 absolute euphoria of of you know scoring a goal and, and on television that's being broadcasted internationally with millions and millions and millions of viewers and all that kind of stuff? No, it's ridiculous, and it's 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 kind of weird when I, I don't know the, the thing that kind of got me is like I was hearing this all over the places. Like it's one thing if you want to have this conversation on like ESPN or something. Um, but like when, when it was you like had Good this, Morning America. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's just really weird. That'd be like me going into like an operating room and be like, ah, I think the surgeon messed up there. Like I don't I don't go into <laughs> operating rooms. I don't watch operating like I don't watch operations. Like if like unless unless you unless you can I don't know. I I'm I'm on the borderline of, of being kind of ridiculous here. But like unless you actually care about soccer like i'm not interested in your opinion on whether or not celebrating a goal is is something and it's like and it you know i don't know it, it's 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 blown out of proportion and i remember when i i didn't get i didn't watch the game live i watched the highlights of it and i, I remember the first time watching the highlights didn't even notice it didn't cross my mind once didn't even notice that they like it didn't feel out of place after like a celebration after i was like oh dang they got 10 oh that's 11 12 yeah it wasn't you know i don't know yeah it's it's kind of a joke yeah i you know i'm with you guys i'm like you know what if you're on that stage and the other argument is that if they didn't score if they pulled it back and just passed it around that that's more patronizing than anything else so they're like oh they're showing respect to the tie team by just keep scoring sure like i'm i'm you know, the Hounds saw something similar, which we'll get to, where they're up 5 nothing and Lily's upset because there's an offside call late in the game that could have sprung Valeski for potentially a sixth. Yeah, like, that's kind of what you want to see. And you're playing at the highest level, and you're supposed to put out your best team. And you know what? Funny story. The women scored more goals in this game than the men have scored in the past three World Cups combined. So, like, take that stat yeah. and run with that. Uh, like, it's... Uh, I don't like the the us versus them mentality of women's national or national team versus the men's national team. I hate that. Listen, it's like completely different situations, completely different, uh, you know, uh, stages as far as like where we are in the pecking order of the men's team versus where we are in the pecking order with the women's team. I don't know. I don't get that. I fully understand that, but I get the sense that from looking at media, from looking at coverage, from looking at everything that the women's national team is considered um, beneath the men's national team in terms of people's choice of watch. Like if the men's team was playing at the same time as the women's team, the men's team would likely have more viewers. And I kind of feel like that's something that should probably start to shift. Um, but I mean, that's my own personal opinion. Um you know, the team ended up, they followed up the 13 nothing win by beating Chile 3 nothing. Um, there's all the discussion about, you know, the the equal pay um, and, and the women sort of going after the U.S. Federation to try to get equal pay. The There were a number of outlets that came out. Washington Post recently reported that the earnings of the women um, per year are roughly 99000 with bonuses. The men's team get roughly 263000 pay on average with bonuses. And so there's a huge gap there. Um, they've also reported, or the Wall Street Journal reported, that in the between 2016 and 18 ticket sales, women have outsold the men. So the argument that like, well, men sell more tickets, so therefore they make more money. I mean, the men's team didn't even qualify for the World Cup last time it came through. So it's like, I don't know. I would just love to see more people get behind this team more regularly because I feel like it's deserved. And instead, we're talking about. Should they be celebrating when they're just so friggin' dominant? And it's just like, yeah. Yeah, they should. So, yeah, I mean, can you imagine a world where it's the opposite? It's like, I don't, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want a world where 
people score goals and just like stand. And I understand that's not the argument. They're not saying like you don't you don't have to like not celebrate when you're up one nil. But like still, you don't take passion away from the game. And and I gen I genuinely don't like the idea that the celebrations were somehow mocking the Thai team. That's like I don't I don't buy that for a second. It was purely an enjoyment of scoring a goal in the World Cup. It had, it had nothing to do with with trying to turn your nose up at, at an opposition team. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like imagine okay, you just got subbed into your first World Cup game in the 60th minute, and you score. So now your team is up 11 nothing, and your and your players like don't celebrate, like like keep it together, don't celebrate. Like <laughs> no, like you you have fun. So and I and I still think that the, the as far as the pay goes and all that kind of stuff, there's it's a very complex situation with like TV rights and merch and and I don't think this is a reflection on how good the women's team is as far as like the pay stuff goes. I think it's a reflection on how the women's league, uh, World Cup and national leagues are are seen uh by the public at large not just america but we're talking about every country here because if it's a world cup it has to have world participation and i feel like that's where the issues are coming in right here because yes the men's national team sucks compared to the women's national team in comparison of their leagues that they're in but the world itself what they see each league as and how much they invest in it and how much they are just putting forth the effort into those leagues is the issue. And so I don't feel like this is something that just America can kind of fix or, or you know, the, the, the situation can just be a magic wand waved here and we can fix the whole situation because this is international. I mean, I think the only thing that we could do, and I say we as in the, like, not the three of us sitting here because what, yeah, pow- yeah. what power also- do we wield? Um, and I, and I, I just, I, I just, someone, it is weird how we're talking about like, you know, women's equal rights pay and it's three dudes talking on a podcast. We, we, need, we need to like, where is Laura aware. Ellen? What are you? What are yeah. Like we, you know, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, I think, I think ultimately what needs to happen is they're just, people need to sort of look beyond the gender thing and have more appreciation for soccer at large, which there's all sorts of other, um, I don't want to see, I don't want to use the phrase discriminatory, but to be fair, it probably is discriminatory where people don't look at soccer the same way, depending upon um, race, gender, um, whatever the situation may be. And I think this is a situation where the product on the field is good. It's entertaining. We have a team that's dominant, but still in some cases, people think of them as sort of second class to um, a, a, another option within this country that isn't performing at the same level and as a country where you know the nba champions are known as the world champions even though they only play the other teams in the nba like you would think that we would support um you know a team that's this dominant and instead instead kevin like you said it's good morning america saying why are they celebrating after 13 goals like be happy they got 13 goals we've seen it a lot too where it's like you know respected news uh like sports pundits talking about whatever and they'll say like oh like the u.s hasn't won like a world cup and blah blah blah. it's like no the women have yeah. won a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> and they're like oh yeah sorry i forgot like yeah about that i, I was I, I can't remember what it was but i love um pep guardiola did something re- uh similar where he was in a conference and he was like oh like you know no english team has done blah blah he's like no there's been a women's team that like did it and like you know a couple years ago and they're like oh right yeah and it's, it's like yeah <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they play they play sports too, and they're very good at it. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, if you have thoughts on that, which I'm sure pretty much everybody does, feel free to let us know because um, it's an interesting conversation, and it'll be fun to keep watching the women uh, make their way through the rest of this tournament. So, uh, good stuff, ladies. Keep it up, guys. The Hounds followed up the women's thrashing with one of their own. We mentioned five nothing win over Atlanta United two. If you like goals, you got Robbie Mertz in the fourth minute, Dos Santos in the seventh minute, Brett in the 13th minute, Tommy V in the 70th minute, which wasn't a goal. We had an own goal in the 76th minute, which basically was a great cross from Valeski. And if it wasn't an own goal, Kerr was there to finish it off. Josh, did you just say that you thought Tommy V's goal was a goal? 
Okay, first off, we had no good camera <laughs> angle on our feed. I rewatched the replays. I watched from the angles they showed us. You can't tell from our angles. And the line judge is there on the line, able to see it. If you're saying that he has a worse view than you, get out of here. If he said it was a goal, I'm going to believe him because I can't tell. And he was there. And he was at the line. He was able to see it. I think it was a goal. Because, yeah, we had a crap view. I mean, we had a bad angles the whole way around. So, yeah, it's a goal. I accept your argument, but I still don't know if I'm convinced. Um, <laughs> it's fair. I mean, yeah, we, we can't see it. Exactly. So, I mean, like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was or not, but the fact that he had a better view than me means I'm going to default to his view. Yeah. And plus, it's, it's a goal for Tommy V, so I'm happy with it no matter what. Exactly. So, guys, was this a case of the Hounds playing good, Atlanta playing bad, or we don't care. Kevin, where do you stand? I don't know. I, I will say we looked a different team. Um, a, a completely different team. I'll make one argument for uh, the situation benefiting us, and that's um, us playing a back three. It, it benefits us when the opposition team uh, plays with, a, like with two forwards. Um, you kind of want if if the opposition play with one forward and like two like two other wide midfielders and all that kind of stuff, and that's that's a bit more difficult. But when the opposition plays something like a four four two, and we have we have a back three that benefits us when we play back three. So that kind of that that helped the situation a little bit. But um, no, I I think we just played a lot better. And and I think the other it wasn't it wasn't I don't want to make it seem like it was that simple, especially early on, um, in in the three goals. It was for me. It was all about bravery and a willingness to get forward. There was constantly, when you look back at the game, when, when crosses come in, there's three guys attacking the 18-yard box. At, at the corner that the first goal came off of, um, Ryan James whips in a cross. You have Brett attacking the near post, DeSantis in the middle, and Kerr on the back post, and we went a corner off of it. And it was just over and over and over again. We had guys willing and brave enough to get forward, and and you know, attacking numbers, and you know we get we get three goals in under what twelve minutes or whatever. Now, you know, Mertz's goal was a bit fortunate and all that kind of stuff, but um, yeah, no, I, I we, we we looked a different team. We looked fitter. We we looked like we understood each other more, and we just we were more brave, and it, it paid off in, in a very big way. Josh, were we playing better? Was Atlanta bad, or do do you not care? I mean, both of those. I mean, it's it's Atlanta was bad, and the Hounds were playing better because. Even if Lanta was bad, I don't think Hounds that we've seen earlier in the season get three goals in 10 minutes. Uh, I, I feel like they get two goals, and then they sit back as they are want to do and try to absorb pressure, and uh, hopefully a 2-0 lead is enough. Instead, they got five goals in this game. And like you were saying, like the, the own goal is, yeah, it's an own goal, but I'm pretty sure Kerr had that. Yeah as well so i mean i'm not willing to be like oh it's actually only four zero like no they they, they were going for the fifth and they pretty much had it in the bag there yeah. well that's the thing we, we didn't look like a team like i don't know i think in the past we we've looked like a team that was afraid to lose and that's why we get that's why we get draws and that's why historically we're maybe a bit more conservative we put more numbers behind the ball and all that kind of stuff this did not look like a team that was afraid to lose this looked like a team that wanted to win and that that makes all the difference in the world when you're when you're like yeah, you pass with a little more, you know, yeah, bravery and aggression and, and you know, our passing accuracy, 81%. I, that has to be the highest it's been all <laughs> yeah, season. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we've been struggling to get to 70. Uh, so 81% pass accuracy is great. Um, also, I can't help but think that a, a bit of that is maybe some consistency in the lineup. Players starting to know each other's runs and know where, know where everyone's going to be. I mean, there's there's multiple times where... We're trying to break out and counter, and like you know, Kenny picks up the ball in the middle of the field, and with a one-touch pass, just kind of loops it out to where Ryan James should be, and Ryan James is there, and he continues the run. So, I mean, that that's definitely helping. You know, having Mertz and Forbes have an extended run in the middle of the field is is great. Um, yeah, I, I, it's it's good. Mer- I don't think anyone had a bad game. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to think of like, did anyone really like? suffer out there i guess maybe you can say velarde wasn't you know that shining that much when he came in as a sub but 
I can't think of anywhere I'm like, oof, you know, bad game there. Yeah. Kev, you mentioned sort of the the no look. I thought Mertz just gets better with each game, and there were a couple oh. no look passes he made. There was one in particular where he sort of was falling out of bounds and spun around and sprung Dos Santos, who then played it over to Brett, and Brett should have had another one um, and just got unfortunate, and uh, and it was saved by the keeper. But um, yeah, yeah, he he looks incredible. If if he starts like this in the first game of the season and just plays like he has been. I mean, he's arguably our best player of the season so far. I mean, he's he's been incredible. Yeah, and I think the pairing of him and Forbes, which we've seen in sort of that midfield too, has been like, that might be one of the keys to this team sort of turning it around at this point is the introduction of Mertz. Um, one thing that you guys mentioned was sort of the three goals right off the bat and how this team sort of might have handled it before. And I tend to agree, I think, my concern was, okay, the first goal happened, and my immediate thought was too early. Like, okay, like there's one. Great. <laughs> then we got a second goal, and I'm like, okay, well, we've gotten two before, and then we've turned around and given up two. Then we got the third, and it was like, huh, okay, like let's see what happens here. And one thing that gave me pause was not immediately after the third, but shortly after the third, it felt like Dos Santos dropped back into the midfield, and we played more of like a 5-4-1-ish kind of thing. And I was like, okay, if we're parking the bus 20 minutes into this game because we're up 3 nothing, like, that feels like the typical what we've talked about where it's like, please don't do that. Like, just keep going. But thankfully, the team didn't stop. And we actually came out of halftime flying even more, which was great. We sort of, I think Lily even referenced it, where it was like the last 25 minutes of the first half wasn't great for the team. And I think part of that was just sort of the shift in formation and mentality um, and I think once they got in the locker room and said, no, 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 like keep, keep going. Um, then we really saw them keep going. And that's what you want to see. You know, I mentioned earlier about Lily being upset because Valeski was called offsides on his way to a sixth goal. Like, great. Yes. When this team is in the trenches, like it's been, and you need the three points, it wasn't just the three points. This was a whole morale and mental boost that they can point to and say, look, doesn't matter where Atlanta United were in the table. And I think when we played them, they were only two points below us. But we just tromped them 5 nothing. So don't tell me we can't score goals. And don't tell me we can't go out and perform. We played earlier this week too, by the way. So like, mentally, you know you can do it. So now let's go do it week in and week out. So, yeah. Guys, what other uh, what other takeaways do you got from this one? Uh, DeSantos looked great. I, I really like uh, his goal. Uh, the fact that he he had to work for that goal, uh, getting his his leg way up high to you know kind of wrap that around and get it past the keeper, and then him uh, getting the opportunity for Brett's goal. Uh, pretty much uh, getting the defenders they, they made an error and he he pounced on it, and he, it wasn't for him you know being up in their business there. We don't get that goal from Brett. Yeah, I'm happy that this is now what a few. Uh, Brett has a few goals over the past few games, and I'm hoping he's starting to round into form. He seems to be striking the ball a little bit harder, a little bit sure that uh, he's starting to look more and more like the Brett we saw last year, which could also be a really good thing at this point in the season. So I thought that was good. Morton got the shutout, which like you know didn't face a ton of shots but that doesn't matter he got the clean sheet and again a lot of goalkeeping is mental so you know kudos to him for getting the shutout um guys you know everyone keeps saying or wants to keep saying you know could this be the turning point of the season nope yeah i i I mean okay so i have thoughts on this but kev your your fast reaction why why do you say nope i you can only make that statement in retrospect if, if, if we're sat here uh, four weeks from now and the Hounds have gone on a run, fine. We can turn around and say, yep, that actually was the turning point. But at this point, no, it's impossible to say um, that right now this is a small uptick. Now, maybe this uptick turns into a large trend that we you know keep winning. Great. But right now it's impossible to say. Um, we've, we've drawn way too many games um, to, to have me confident like saying, oh, no, yeah, we'll win next week 5-0 too. Um, you know, we played better and we looked a different team. That's encouraging probably more than anything. Um, but, yeah, we have to wait for, for more games to say that. I mean, Open Cup loss aside, though, Josh, do you feel like this was sort of the result of a 
positive upward trend for this team? Or do you feel like it was sort of, eh, we were kind of level and this is sort of like a pop? I mean, right now it just feels like a, a blip, and I'm, I'm hoping it's a blip that turns out to be a turning point. Uh, if the question is, could this be a turning point? Yes, it could. Uh, but like Kevin's saying, like we don't know, and I don't feel like there's anything to tell me that this is definitely a turning point uh, because this isn't the greatest team that we played against, and this wasn't their strongest lineup they had. And so there's a lot of factors here that could be a, a fluke, and yeah, we got five goals, but you know, I wouldn't expect that against the Red Bulls uh, on the 22nd. Like That doesn't mean that's going to happen uh, time in and time out uh, for this team. Yeah, I agree. I think the the turning point, I think everybody is is hoping for a turning point for this team. And I think that the narrative out of the team thus far has been we've been so close, we've been so close. And I think that a performance like this when you when you go from drawing all of these games to all of a sudden you win 5 nothing, it's not like we were so close and we finally got over that hurdle. I think that there were a number of factors that went into this game, one of them being that Atlanta just did not really play well at all. Now, Good teams win the games they're supposed to win. So we've got to give the Hounds credit for that. But now you got to do it again and again and again and again. And so if we do see this become a run, super. Then, yeah, let's let's point back and say this was a turning point. But I feel like less of a turning point, this is more of a stepping stone. And so, like, now let's we, – we took one step forward. Now let's make sure that we're not standing still. We take a step backwards as we go into these next few games that are all at home. You have an opportunity to turn a stepping stone into a turning point of the season. And now it's on the hounds to do that. So we'll see what happens. Um, guys, anything else from this game that uh, that you feel compelled to discuss? Uh, I mean, so many good things. I, 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 I haven't myself spoken out about uh, how awesome it is to see Mertz doing great. Hometown boy. Uh, he's one of our own. It's, it's fantastic. And I'm just excited for him to get more and more goals and get better and become. I, I can see him becoming the captain within a year. I, I mean, I was going to ask that question where, you know, we just played Columbus and we, I think we talked about, if it wasn't last week, two weeks ago, we talked about Will Trapp sort of coming yeah. in the hometown kid in, in Columbus, becoming the captain pretty soon, pretty early out. I, I tend to agree, man. Like, I, I mean, I, I totally, uh, like, no disrespect to Kenny or Kevin or Joe. I feel like they are sort of the senior leaders of this squad, at least as it sort of appears from the outside looking in. But I think when you're trying to create something new and fresh and exciting, I think having sort of the youth aspect, having someone from Pittsburgh, having someone that we've talked about, you know, Mertz plays with his heart, you know, on his sleeve, on his shin guards, on his boots. And it's just, it's great to see. Um, And I think that that's something that a lot of fans in Pittsburgh can get behind. If we lose Mertz, it should be to an MLS side, mm-hmm. and that's it. Yep. Like, I don't want to see Mertz playing for any other USL team. Like, we have to do what we have to do to keep him on our side if he's in the USL. Now, if he goes to MLS, yeah, let him go to MLS. Let him further his career. But, yeah, we keep him here if he come, or if he stays in USL. Did you hear that, Tuffy? That, that, one, that <laughs> one was right to you, man. He stays here. <laughs> Guys... It was, a, it was a great 5-0 win, um, but it wasn't the only win of the weekend. We've got, we got ourselves a six-point weekend, which, by the way, uh, the guys in North Carolina um, that are on BGN that have a show called Six Point Weekend, amazing name. Absolutely love it. They do a great job. They talk about North Carolina FC and NC Courage, which is the NWSL team. Great stuff. We got our own six-point weekend because Steel City FC got a one nothing win over the Torch to give them a much-needed three points. Torch had 17 shots on goal, which is like, not, not 17 Ooh. shots. 17 shots on goal, and the keeper, Jess Neal, turned them all away, which is insane. Like, huge shout-out to her. Um, And then to follow that up, the way that Steele scored was off the 40-yard set piece. Um, Crystal Rytel basically just ripped it from 40 yards out, which is amazing. So we had talked last week about how, you know, Steele sort of have a really condensed season. They play throughout all of June. And the past few weekends, they've had a lot of double headers, which makes it very difficult to sort of plan how your lineup's going to go out and where you're going to expend your energy and things like that. They're now into a situation where this past weekend and the next two weekends are all single games each weekend. So they can really focus on what it is they need to do. Torch is one spot ahead of them in the division. They went out. They t- Or no, I'm sorry. Um, they went out, not Torch. We'll get there. 
they're now they now jumped up to third in the division, which is great with this win. Um, they're now two, three, and one with two games left, both of them against Lehigh Valley. Now Lehigh Valley is one spot ahead of them in division, so they really sort of you know hold their own destiny in their hands. They're, they're they have two games left. This weekend is their last home game at Ellis. It's their last home game of the regular season. It's at 2 p.m., so get there. Um, and like I said, last two games are against Lehigh, and Lehigh is one spot ahead of them. So they got a chance to really leapfrog them, jump into second, make a push for first. Huge last two games to close out the season. So this Saturday is your last chance to see them live in person at Ellis. So do everything you can to make it. The game is at 2 p.m., it, yeah, like it would be fantastic to see this team make a run here at the end of the season um, and make a push into the playoffs and go from there. So get it done, ladies. Um, great game this past weekend. Guys, um, turning the page to next weekend, we mentioned a little bit New York Red Bulls to come to town on Saturday. This is the first of three games at home for the Hounds. So they have New York on Saturday, Birmingham next Saturday, and then they get Beth Steele on July 4th. It's hard to believe we're already into, like, July. This is insane, but, like, yeah. here we are. Um, New York have won their last three. They currently sit second in the East. They're a good team. Like, they're a good squad. Um, they are 2-1-1 one, and one away on the season, so at least we have that sort of kind of going for us. They've been more dominant at home, but they've only played four games away. What are we expecting out of this game? I mean, we get a we get a big five goals. Um, you know, it feels like points aside, the difference in the top teams from sort of the teams that are on the bubble uh, may not be that huge in terms of product on the field. Josh, what are you uh, what are you hoping for out of this game? Like realistically, thinking this game's gonna play out like. Well, I mean. First off, you gotta remember Red Bulls are usually high-scoring games, uh, either against or for. Uh, this season it has not been as true, but they have a couple like four-zero victories, and they've also been scored on. They've had a lot of goals against them as well, so I mean it can be a high-scoring affair. So that's something to keep in mind. I got a feeling we're gonna see more than a couple goals uh, this this weekend. Hopefully, it's another situation where the Hounds are able to just kind of do what they did against Atlanta. Because even though New York is a good team, they're also a team that they they press, and if they don't go, if it doesn't go their way, the ball doesn't bounce their way, they they let in goals like crazy. So it's very possible we see the Hounds really, you know, get a lot of uh, goals in this game. But I wouldn't be surprised to see this being one of those games where. This is the roughest game we have this season. I mean, not season, but this this homestay. So I, I I'm not going to be like gloom and doom if we aren't able to win this game. What about draw? Draw? I mean, I hate seeing these draws. I, I <laughs> just got done saying two weeks ago that if I would rather see us lose than draw, but uh, yeah, yeah I, I guess I, I think I'm with you. I, I think I'd rather us. I'd rather see us go for it. And come yeah, up, and definitely. come up short, then play conservative, get away with the point, and then you know kind of move on from there. But uh, and it's, it depends on how we get the draw too. Right. Like if we were to draw, like if it's a draw where we came from behind and we you know got a goal uh, within the last ten minutes of the game to to even it up, then I'm going to be okay with that draw. But if it's a draw where we were ahead by three goals the whole game and then suddenly in the last ten minutes they they rip three in, then I'm going to be upset by the draw. So it really depends on the situation. But overall, as long as we're going after the game, I'll be happy. I mean, I almost feel like out of all of the games we played thus far, for some reason this game sticks out to me as having a draw being the least likely of the three options where the Hounds win or lose. Like yeah. I feel like it's either going to be we make it happen or we don't. Um, and, of course, this is going to be a game where it's like a 4-4 draw and I'm wrong. But, yeah, I think it's going to be a very – interesting game um for all of the reasons that you guys both josh mainly you just said where it's new york loves to press and so if you can catch them in transition and get some numbers in behind then we have a chance to do something and we all know that lily values points at home more than he does on the road so and, and that sounds very negative to say but there is that mentality of this is our home we want to go for the win as opposed to on the road it's like win or draw and we talked about that win, on, win at home draw on the road um so who's? I think regardless, this is probably going to be a really exciting game to watch. 
Um, I mean, mm-hmm. this is sort of that crazy fun times that we talked about where you're not going to see the team park the bus. So you could just see, you know, punches back and forth and, and sort of see what happens. Guys, sort of looking at the next three games, I mentioned New York to um, Birmingham and Beth Steele. Over those three games, if I said that the over-under on the points is five and a half, are you taking the over or are you taking the under? You still need to explain this whole thing to me. What are you? <laughs> I'm not understanding. I've never bet okay, a day so, in my life. You need so, here's, to... so if you were a betting man, okay, and I said that yes. after these next three games, the Hounds are either going to have six points or they're mm-hmm. going to have five points. So that's why I set the line right. at five and a half. So if I say the sure. line's five and a half, if you say I'm taking the over, then you think the Hounds are going to get six points or more over these next three games. If you're taking the under, you think they're going to get five game, five points or less. So with... Got it. This has been gambling since from Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Always gambling responsibly. Yes. Um, so what are, you, what are you taking? Next three games, again, that's New York Red Bulls 2, Birmingham, and Beth Steele. The line is five and a half. You've got 30 bucks to put down. Are you taking the over... Or are you taking the under? Kevin. Okay. I was yeah, gonna I wait know to you were. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting too. I was like, I'm going to let him answer um, first. <laughs> honestly, I think both, both if, if I'm betting with my wallet and my heart, I'd say actually, oh, not heart, sorry, head, um, I'd say five. Uh, I, I think also because you get this nice little thing where if you're wrong and it's like six, it's like, hey, the Hounds got six points. Like, I'm okay spending $30 <laughs> for the Hounds getting six points. So it's kind of that nice, like, bet against yourself, bet against what you want to happen. It's kind of nice. Um, but no, I, I look, I, if there was ever a time to say six points over the five, you know, it'd be now after this weekend where we put five in past Atlanta. But um, I'm still in this mode of, you know, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a scorned, like, I don't know. I'm like scorned from love. I'm like the hounds need to prove me wrong. Like they need to, they need to act like the mature men that I know they can be. And uh... <laughs> so Kevin's taking uh, yeah, the under I... with a lecture. Josh, what are you taking? <laughs> the over. I mean, if it's the only game that bothers me in this one is the New York game. I feel like the other two need to be wins, especially at this point in the season against the opponents that they are. Uh, and it's just I don't see why they wouldn't be at home. This team can do it, and I feel like this is the time they have to start doing it. So, yeah, it's going to be over. I think I'm, I think I'm taking the over, too. I think that six points, which is basically two wins and a loss, is totally doable over the next three. And I think if we come out of this run basically with nine games or nine points out of four games – I think we're feeling okay. I mean, after everything that happened leading up to this point, if if we get nine yeah. points out of the next four games, then I think you could potentially point at this most recent game and say that it was, in fact, a turning point. I think if we come out with five, where it's basically a win in two draws, then you're sort of like, uh, are we actually that much improved, or are we right back where we were? And I think part of that comes down to, Josh, like you said, is the quality of the opponents. Like right now, Birmingham is beneath us in the table. Beth Steele is right above us in the table, but I think they also have, they've played a few more games than we have. So, mm-hmm. um, so this is a situation where we, we talked about, you know, good teams win the games they're supposed to win. We should win the games against Birmingham and Beth Steele. And New York, I think is always a toss up when they're here. So I think, I wouldn't be entirely surprised if the Hounds lose Saturday. I, but again, who knows? Crazy fun times. But the next two, especially Fourth of July, which always has a massive turnout, and pray to God it doesn't rain. Um, yeah, is 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 always a great show. So, I will, I will say it's kind of weird how I'm looking at some of the stats here, and um, I guess the the Red Bulls have a player or had a player since I said, since kind of figured out Tom Barlow. He's second in the East with goals with eight on the season, but he hasn't featured for them for the past like four games or so, and it's because he's moved up to their senior squad. Um, so that, I mean, that's and and I don't know. I, I you could say that they were a bit more dominant at the beginning part of the season when this guy Tom Barlow was in the side scoring loads of goals for them, um, and you could say they're a little less dominant now. But I mean, yeah, they're. They're on a fine run that, like you said, they've won their last three. 
but you know one was at home against a weakened Louisville side I say weakened because they're not what they were previously you know they beat Atlanta 3-1 so what we did 5-0 and then and they beat Beth Steele which you know whatever um and then <laughs> so they you know they lost to North Carolina even when yeah you know, so anyway I, I there's there's silver linings here I think all over the show um but uh but yeah it should be it should be pretty interesting yeah, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that, you know, this is going to be a game where we lose. I do think it's going to be a tough game, especially out of these three, it's going to be a tough game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to go to your point, Mike, earlier, you said you don't think it's going to be a draw. Yeah, we've only drawn these guys once out of nine times we played them. Wow. Uh, there's been one draw. Now, unfortunately, it's six wins for New York and only two wins for Pittsburgh. But, I mean, that's also more previous seasons, like way back than most recent seasons most recent season it's it's more evenly matched yeah so i'm gonna hold your feet to the fire and actually i'll go first just because i'm gonna hold your feet to the fire let's do an actual score prediction for this game i am gonna say final score is going to be three to one hounds i'm going for it josh Four two, wow. because again, it's that's what these games are. Uh, four two. Oh, I'm gonna say hounds, but I'm not feeling it. I'm not gonna lie, but I'm gonna say hounds. <laughs> Kevin, one one. Oh. <laughs> no, at least do the new Lily special. <laughs> Give it two two. No, I, at least do two two. I, I think I think it'll buck the trend. I think it'll go back to one one because I actually think we'll be. I think we'll play pretty well in this game. Um, Everyone will be feeling good after that last win. We'll be coming home. Usually we're up for it against, you know, tough opponents, um, but I just think it'll be a bit tighter. Well, that's what we think. <laughs> Let us know what you think. Guys, I feel like we're... I can't lie to our to our audience, I'm not, Michael. I'm not, I need to tell no, I'm not Oh, okay, so a couple other things real quick here that we just need to touch on. First of all, kudos to the Hounds. It's been all over the place, but they got, this past win was their 200th win all time which is like yeah it's crazy awesome like the steel army pointed out the fact that like to have a team in existence for that long to get your 200th win is pretty awesome let alone to have the team get the 200th win so kudos to the hounds for that um that's fantastic um one of the things that we sort of kind of talked about is that it seems like everybody is sort of celebrating pride month but the hounds really aren't celebrating pride month which is kind of like why not um yeah it's kind of weird yeah so i i mean yeah and it's it doesn't have to be like a huge thing right i mean yeah some acknowledgement would be nice yeah yeah exactly (laughs) like it would be nice to do a huge thing and all that kind of stuff but yeah it's it's not hard to do just something to show a little bit of support for it um yeah it's unfortunate to see on that note, though, Steel Army, they are celebrating Pride Month. And uh, if you've seen their Pride Razor, which is like a, for every goal scored in June that the Hounds score, they donate to a charity, uh, which is Proud Haven is what we, we decided on this year. Uh, I believe we're at $142 per goal. And so far, there's been eight goals scored in June, which means $1,136 nice. awesome. pledged. That is, that's great. Yeah. Still counting, too, because obviously we still have more games in June. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to, uh, I think we have, was it one more game or two more games? I, I think it's on. just one. It's this weekend. Yeah, yeah, Just one more game. So, yeah, and what a game for it to be because it's uh, New York Red Bulls, which means there could be or a no, lot wait, of Or no, wait, two. Because so. July 4th is a Thursday, so work back. Yeah, so we should have two more games. So, yeah. Yeah, nice. and both of them nice. at home. So, yeah, lots of, uh, lots of opportunity for bonus points, which is awesome. So, yeah, absolutely go support that. Um, the other short kind of plug too, BGN is, uh, we partner with golden goal press and, uh, put together a t-shirt, a playing for pride t-shirt that, uh, all proceeds are getting donated to the playing for pride organization. Um, so they're only $12 a shirt. So they're super cheap. Uh, if you want more info on that, you can just go follow BGN on Twitter, uh, at the BGN FM. Um, and it's a pin tweet. It's right there and has the link. They come in like a bajillion different colors. So the only photo there is of like a, a dark gray, but you can get one in black and you get one in gold to match hounds colors. You can get one in white. Um, but overall, just sort of showing, you know, that uh, you sort of support Pride Month and playing for Pride and, and all of that great stuff. So yeah, go make that happen. Um, 
Guys, I think that's it. Uh, it feels like, like I said, it feels like this is a shorter one, um, but the past few have been really long, and I think we just sort of suffered because there were so many topics that we were like, we got to get through all of them. Is there anything else that we wanted to mention on this one? I mean, I could talk about any of these games that we talked about more, especially that 5-0 winning, because I got a feeling we're not going to get that many 5-0s. Uh, well, we'll see what happens in this game coming up, and if it's a stinker, then we'll just go back and talk about this 5-0 game again uh, a little bit longer. <laughs> you win the last time the Hound scored five or more goals? Was it the Miracle on the Mon? Yeah. Miracle on the Mon. That's the last time we've had five or more goals was Miracle on the Mon. So it's That's been what, a while. Three years? It's been a while. Years? Yeah. Uh, I... I can't remember longer than that i think it's been four years yeah yeah four sounds about right because what we've been doing this podcast for three and we have we weren't able to I say this out. is our fourth season so yeah it would have been four years ago because the the that game happened the season before we started recording so yeah speaking of recording i just gotta say and i'm gonna call him out hounds i'm slightly hurt i know why it's happening but if you go to the hound site there's a big old plug for the steal some time podcast that's being advertised like <laughs> Come on. How much? Wait, what is Did they this? pay for that? I'm just saying. I don't think they did pay. I think it's just because they're part of the USL network. Um, the 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 one host or announcer, whatever you want to, media specialist for the USL, um, her last name is Steel, has a podcast now called Steal Some Time. And because the website is part of the USL network, it's advertised like boom, front and center. We've been here for like three years, man. Well, Come look, on. Look. To to be fair though, I I don't I mean we're gonna we're gonna get into like administrative conversations on air here, but I I don't think we would want that like because then I don't want to be too directly tied to the club. I want to be able to say I want to be able to say hey hounds you should do more for Pride Month. I want to be able to say like <laughs> hey like you're not doing this right. And so no, I don't want to be on their website. That's fair. Stay That's punk. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> we're in the streets. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you're no gonna, longer punk. You're gonna We're cut so that far down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I want to go watch Chappelle show now. Oh my gosh! All right, uh, street cred. Oh my gosh! Okay, Good job, Mike. completely side topic. My kids have been obsessed with Home Improvement since they can go back and watch it on Hulu. And we were watching it the other day. Dave Chappelle was on Home Improvement as like a nobody. Like they, he was on Tool Time. Like they brought him down and he was talking about his huh. girlfriend. And it took everything in me from just like exploding and being like, that's Dave Chappelle. Because I knew my oldest would be like, who's Dave Chappelle? And just start Googling. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go like, Google. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. That's great. On that note... Thanks to our sponsor, Golden Gold Press, the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoldpress.com. Also, thanks to our Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USO, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves to your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Head over to mongols.com. Here are all the shows we put out, including preview shows, post-game full 90. You can click on the store, get yourself Mongols hat, victory beverage mug. We saw a Lily Ball shirt in the wild, which is awesome. Follow us on Twitter at Mongols. Email us at Mongols at bgn.fm, at MongolsPod on Instagram. Head over to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show, leave us a review. Otherwise, let us know what you thought about this one. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.